When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. The Pope drinks Guinness. Just how far is the ride from Rome to Spain? It is now time for How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. Hit the theme! Buongiorno. Me spicy demons. It's me, Russell Crowe's Italian accent coach, Paul Shear, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? Last looks. <laughs> I want to do that the entire show. This is where you get to voice your issues on the Pope's Exorcist. Uh, Jason will join me to chat about old TV shows, and we will recommend some books and podcasts for you. I'll share an exclusive deleted scene from our Pope's Exorcist show, and as always, I will reveal next week's movie. But first things first, a shout out to Sean Fogel for that amazing opening theme song. We love these themes. We love them so much. Keep them coming. And not only do we want last look themes, but we are potentially looking for a brand new main theme song. So if you think you're up for the challenge and you've heard Jason and I discuss what we're looking for, send it to us at how did this get made at earwolf.com. You can post it on our discord or just send it to us, whatever you want to do. And Jason and I will continue to judge these songs on air. Now we just finished up our first half of our fall tour. It was amazing. Maine, Rhode Island, New Haven, Brooklyn, you all brought it in a major way. I loved playing those cities. And now we're doing it again. November 8th and 9th, we'll be in Chicago. November 10th and 11th, we will be in Minneapolis. Tickets are on sale right now at howdidthisgetmade.com. That's hdtgm.com. Let's get into it, people. Last week, we talked at length about The Pope's Exorcist, a movie that Discord user Anna Hootkins thinks could have had the tagline, The Pope's Exorcist. You'll wonder what possessed them to make it. 
I like it. Even better in the Italian accent. <laughs> well, we had questions about the Pope's exorcist. And while we might have even missed a few things, here is your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. We got corrections. We got omissions. Since you guys fucked it all up. Thank you, Josh Broilo, for that amazing theme song. Let's go to the Discord. Ooh, Cat. Starting off with Cat here. Italian here. She writes, This was a tough one. I might write another post solely about accents, but I wanted to point out that Father Crow is actually riding a Lambretta, not a Vespa. Yes, I have gotten this complaint a lot. Thank you, Cat, for calling it out. Lambretta is the first type of scooter in this style made in Italy by a company named Innocente. The man who designed the Lambretta had a falling out with the Innocente's owner, quit, and then took his design to another company called Biagio, where they started producing Vespas. I strongly doubt Father Crow knew any of this and just did it for the dynamite looks. But of course, the character had to ride a scooter made by the company named Innocence. And the scooter talk continues. Sean McBee writes, I looked it up. And that scooter ride from Rome to Castile, Spain was roughly 1,194 miles. He appears to have been riding a Lambretto L1-150 with a top speed of under 55 miles per hour. That's about a 22-hour ride, plus plenty of stops for gas, given that the scooter only has an 8-liter tank, about 2 gallons, <laughs> and the absolute max range you would get on a full tank would be about 100 miles. So you're looking at making at least 12 gas stops, and in trying to figure out exactly which model he was driving, I found another link to the movie's filming in Ireland, and his scooter actually has a Guinness badge on it, and he included a picture. We can see it up close. Yes, <laughs> Russell Crowe is an Italian man who loves Guinness. By the way, I do want to just get a a date check. Was this model Lambretta even in production in the 80s? My gut says no. I know a lot of people have written in about this journey. This might be my favorite one. Someone also mentioned there was a ferry component to it. You had to take a ferry at a certain point. Liz brings up, so it got brought up in the show how the demon has a Rumpelstiltskin-like thing going on where if you learn its name, you have power over him. But did anyone notice that right after Russell Crowe learns his name and says it out loud, that's when the demon gets especially powerful? Learning his name didn't help at all. Well, you know what, Liz? It's interesting because I think that that was a lower tier demon. I think it's sort of like, that's like if you're playing chess, those are your pawn demons. And he was dealing with like a queen demon. Anyway, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Kenji writes, I loved the card at the end of the movie that said, Father Gabriel Amroth continued to serve the afflicted until his death in Rome in 2016 and wrote many books and the payoff line, books are good. Now, I will say this. We did touch upon this very briefly. Jason and June didn't seem to understand why everyone kept on saying the books are good. If I remember correctly, I might have told them it was because Russell Crowe says his books are good. But here, take a listen. 
I do feel like we didn't discuss that moment at the end and the, the end credits where we were the we got the book plugs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just so very strange. Is well, this an adaptation of one of the father's I, books? I'm assuming. Well, he does it, say in the beginning is it that a real case. He does say in the beginning that they they wrote some books about me, and you know, he he's a little on the down low about it. But yeah, and the books are good. I thought this is like a sly. Like I, I Wait, wanted Paul, Russell Crea. Yeah. The truth is, that they didn't write books about him. Didn't he write those I books think he's about himself? Yeah, he wrote them himself. They're good. I'm so, I'm sorry, Paul. Have you read the books? Has I read, anybody read I, these books? They're good. They're good. good? Wait, they're minute, good. Wait, wait, for real? Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're so fun. They're so good. Yeah. Wow. They're wait, just good. They're so just good. good. All right. Well, we'll have to. Oh, wow. Well, let's go but figure it out. Like I guess least, I do want to read the books yeah, now. At least a handful of people in our audience read these books for real. There we go. I Get mean, look out of here. All right, some clarity, maybe. By the way, I will say this. People are loving our Russell Crowe Lambretta shirt that we made. It is just him riding that Lambretta, and it says exercise underneath it. <laughs> it's amazing. Available at TeePublic right now. TeePublic.com slash stores slash HDTGM. Now let's go to the phones. Let's hear from Jason in Seattle. I just got to say, I think um, for the sequel... We got to go back to that line about Father Crow tells the young priest that uh, he needs to, the young priest needs to learn jokes because the devil hates jokes. Right off the bat, as soon as I heard that, I thought, okay, the sequel has to bring in a stand-up comedian. So everyone hated that young priest anyway. He was a pervert. He needed to be he needed to be wiped out anyway. Let's just say he got killed in between the first movie and the and the sequel. And Father Crow needs to bring in. Kevin Hart as his sidekick. I'm just saying, Russell Crowe with Kevin Hart as a stand-up comedian to uh, piss off the devil, you can't miss. All right, thanks for taking my call. Jason, I love this idea, but you know what? We got to bring an 80s comic in. What if, like, uh, he brings in Emo Phillips? That would be a great, like, 80s comedian. Or maybe, like, Judy Tenuta. I know they're married. I should go outward a little bit more. But, uh, you know, Richard Belzer. That would be great. Uh, a real 80s, you know, big uh, vest kind of wearing Paula Poundstone in there. You know, hey, uh, demon. You know, I, I would love I would love to see. <laughs> yep, you guys got a little taste of my Paula Poundstone impression. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see that. Jason, good call. Um, pair Russell Crowe up with a 80s stand-up comic. Um, next up, John from Chicago. Hey, Paul. I'm calling to let you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the movie studio, they wanted to promote this movie, so they decided to do a partnership with the World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, at their WrestleMania this past year. It was a match that was also advertised as a Hell in a Cell match between uh, then-WWE wrestler Edge and Finn Balor, and before the match started, a video played with Russell Crowe on there talking about good and evil, heaven and hell, just like going on the spiel. It was like really weird. And then during the match, you know, the lights were kind of down and they had like, you know, the Pope's exorcist, like the, the name everywhere around the ring and the red lights. It was just like really strange to use them to, <laughs> to advertise a partnership between the Pope's exorcist movie and World Wrestling Entertainment. 
And then also going off something that uh, Jason mentioned, he was talking about um, the wrestler and Mickey Rourke and uh, the director of the wrestler trying to get the glasses away from Mickey Rourke uh, on the movie. Aronofsky, and he kept on saying like that Mickey Rourke, you know, he won his Oscar. Mickey Rourke didn't win an Oscar for The Wrestler, unfortunately. He was nominated, but he didn't win. All right. Take care. Love you. I love the show. Bye. Oh, do I remember it? I was there. Yes, I was there for this moment. And you just unlocked a memory that has been deep down inside of me. Yes, it was so weird when this actually happened. You didn't know what was going on because there's so many video moments in the actual show. I'm like, it, it, what? Is this like, is Russell Crowe going to come out and wrestle now? Because it's not, look, you see celebrities coming in to WrestleMania, being a part of the show. And I thought there was a moment. First of all, I had no idea what they were advertising. It looked shitty. But then when I saw Russell Crowe, I was like, whoa, I'm engaged get him in the ring, get him like in his friar's frock and let's go for it. Um, But that sadly did not happen. Russell, show your face at WrestleMania. And thank you, John, for Chicago for reminding us that Mickey Rourke did not win an Oscar for The Wrestler. But maybe he should have, but maybe he shouldn't have. I don't know. Back to the Discord. Margarita writes, I'm an Italian. Well, she doesn't say that, but I'm putting it contextually. Margarita is Italian. I have to admit, I was impressed at the beginning, by how good Father Crow's accent was. Sure, he was maybe mumbling half of the words, but he did have a heavy accent. And at least this time, I didn't have to read English subtitles to understand what was going on. Now, all of that came crashing down the minute he started to speak English. While his Italian was fairly flat or monotone, his English was heavy on the accent and sounded quite cartoonish to me. It is true that some of us have thicker accents, but usually that is partially reflected in the way that we speak Italian. So the difference between the way he spoke, the two was actually even more jarring. Now, I'll tell you, as someone who is Italian, grew up Italian, it's always interesting to hear that accent come out. I went back home to Long Island and I was in this area I grew up in, Central Isop, and I was in the 7-Eleven. Standing in front of me is this guy in camo pants, a knife at his side, and he goes, ah, these fucking stunads who run the government. And I was like, I would never expect that out there too. So I, I wonder if there's like a performative nature to some people. I feel like in, in Long Island, where I grew up around a lot of Italian people, they really love to perform their accented Italian. They wouldn't actually speak like that uh, in, in real life. But Italian, they, they, they are Italian and they put it on. So I don't know. Maybe it's this this thing of, he did the reverse version of that. He's an Italian who puts on more of an accent in English. I, again, I, I think it just comes down to, even though you're Italian, Margarita, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, Slashwin writes, I did not realize that while watching the movie, the titular Pope in The Pope's Exorcist was played by legendary actor Franco Nero, our very own golden-haired space Jesus from... The Visitor. Oh, yes. I think we mentioned it in the show. Grumblebottom adds, it speaks to how nutballs and banana pants this movie is that our host never mentioned the great Franco Nero as the Pope. He was more than just Blonde Jesus and The Visitor. He was also in Force 10 from Navarone with Harrison Ford. A great movie, people. I just bought that on Blu-ray. And Die Hard 2. Yes, great in that as well. And he was the original Django. Franco Nero rules. Justice for Franco Nero. I, I love Franco Nero. Highly recommend going deep into his filmography. You will not 
be disappointed at all. A really, really fun, great actor. Also speaks to like the knowledge that this movie is like a low-budget, fun, crazy fest. Walker Florida writes, The one thing I'm surprised that no one mentioned is that it's very dangerous to stay in a house that is slowly filling with flammable gas. If they just got the fuck out of there after the construction crew told them that it was too dangerous to be in that house to work, let alone live, everyone would have been fine. How does that mother not think we've got a gas leak that is blowing up construction workers? My son is having seizures and being a little freak. Maybe this old-ass house is unsafe for obvious and not supernatural reasons. Well, the Pope's robotic hobo chimes in to add, in fact, carbon monoxide has been found to be the culprit in several ghost sightings. The first recorded case dates back to 1912, when one family reported hearing voices and footsteps, seeing apparitions, and feeling a haunting presence, only to discover the source was a faulty furnace that had been leaking poisonous gas. Wow! Did not know. Well, now... Maybe that's like a cool thing the kids want to do. Turn on that gas and start seeing my ghosts. I love to see those ghosts. I don't know if we didn't talk about it as much as I don't think they could have left the house at that point. But yes, um, they couldn't have left that house because they didn't have any money. And that's why it was established. The mom needed to sell this Abbey because the husband just straight up died and left them with it. So you know what, Walker, Florida, go stay in your fancy hotels. This family couldn't afford it. Johnny Unusual writes, The mom says, This Abbey is all your father left us. I need to know what happened. I get not having much, but how do you end up only with an Abbey in a foreign country? I mean, this feels like a Homer Simpson-esque foolhardy venture. Um, yeah, right? I didn't think about that. Like, only. How did he get it? Gambling debt? Like, remember when Brett Ratner had to do those commercials for New York Film Academy because he lost, like, a poker deal? Maybe this guy won one in a poker deal. Who knows? I like it. I don't need to know much answers. Like, that's what I feel like movies kind of fuck up on. Don't give me so much backstory. I get it. You got an Abby. Deal with it. I'm in. So I don't fault the movie for not uh, for not going into greater detail. Anyway, so many great corrections and omissions this week, uh, but I think there, there's one clear winner. Yes, Franco uh, Nero is amazing, but that's not good enough. Uh, truly, the the one person who brings it all together is the great Sean McBee for telling us everything we wanted to know about that trip on a Lambretta and finding the cultural inaccuracy of the Guinness on the Italian bike. But you know what? Honestly, Italians can love Guinness, so who am I to judge? Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but Sean McBee, you are a winner, and you get this amazing song from Case Silva. Hit it! You win, are you proud? Think you'll stand out from the rest of the crowd. Thank you, Case, for that song. And remember, if you want to submit an alt movie tagline or chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. All right, stick around after the break. Jason will join me for a just chat. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by... 
Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, plus make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, plus Squarespace AI. You can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes, that's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the Cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you. And learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. All right, people. You probably noticed that every Monday we release an old school episode into the stream. And guess what? This week... We did it up with the Vampire's Kiss. Hayes Davenport joined us from the first Earwolf Podcast Festival. I think first and last, maybe. Uh, or maybe it was the first and second to last. Either way, that was a fun little event. And we loved doing that episode there. People came in costume. I believe Hayes came in costume. Anyway, next week we will be releasing Maximum Overdrive with Andy Daly to close out our Halloween season. So stay tuned for that. And every Monday, classic episodes are always being dropped. Just a reminder, people, if you want to see some of these live shows, and, and I got to say that that Vampire's Kiss show is a perfect example of weird stuff happening that you had to be there for. Make sure you head out to see How Did This Get Made on tour in Minneapolis and Chicago in November, hdtgm.com. And it will be a lot of fun. I'm just so excited to go back out on the road. And as a matter of fact, I'm so excited to sit here and chat with Jason just for a little bit. So, Surreal Fred on Instagram, play us in. 
What's up, jerks? It's time for Just Chat with Paul Shear and Jason Mantzoukas. So, Jason, yep. a couple weeks ago, you and I were talking about just things that live in our mind, things that we haven't quite oh, yeah. been able to place. Um, and you were describing this movie. This movie that you remember and you were like, here is the Oh, right, because we were talking about Seven Minutes in Heaven. Yes. Yeah, and you're, I remember. And you yeah. were, and okay, you were trying it. to describe this movie that you have been looking for. I tried to Google some of it. So a lot of people have weighed in. But there has been one thing that kept on coming back up. And a lot of people said it, so I'm not going to credit it to just one person. But the movie that people believe you are thinking about, and I think they might be wrong, is Stealing Home with Mark Harmon and Jodie Foster. Ooh, Hold on. The one the one I remember it's like a summer it's a summer romance. Well, this movie. so let me Ooh, this might be All it. right, so here we go. It says Ooh. I think he was conflating Knox Overstreet, Josh Charles and Dead Poet Society with Alan Appleby, Jonathan Silverman and Stealing Home. They've got the same energy. So that's yeah. okay. This I this is it. This is it. Wait a second. Expert, no, expert we'll get in trouble. No, we won't. We always say we won't get in trouble, and we always get in trouble. You never forget the first girl who steals your heart. Wait a minute. This is it. It is. <laughs> wow. Wow. I shouldn't have doubted and of course, it. Sh- of course, it's a movie about, like, kid heartbreak well of course the the movie that left some fingerprint on my on my heart is about kid heartbreak go ahead well this is so interesting because i love this movie as well when i was a kid i haven't watched it in a long time yes i remember this movie because this also has similarities to i mean uh to seven minutes in heaven there's like an and there's an energy here these are teen uh, teen-based roms that are not comms. Yes. You know what I mean? These are not like... Like, the John Hughes movies had romance in them, but they were comedies. Yes. These are... They, they have light moments, but these are romance stories. These are These are stories about, like, young people trying to figure out how to be in love. And when I tell you, that is all I cared about oh, that's when it. I was a all kid I this age. All I wanted to watch. How, yeah, how can I figure out how to be in love? And here I am, 50 years old, still have no idea. (laughs) Well, that's why we are going to set you up with Taylor Swift. When she breaks up with Travis (laughs) Kelsey, we are going to get you in there and we're going to put some pressure on it. Maybe that pressure will uh, reveal a diamond. Jason, now you also... That is incredible. Great work, everybody who sourced that. I'm going to watch it. Our How Did This Get Made sleuths were out. And look, they all came in pretty heavy. Uh... Now, the other one that you talked about, you talked about this idea of um, kids solving crimes, like gritty crimes. The under the undercover uh, gang, um, the Michael Perry one is the one I was talking yes. about, right? The one that I know it's not Michael Perry, but that's what I, right. that's the one I, that's how I have tried to find it because I remembered that specific. Now, Scott, do we have a call about this? Yes, we do. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Paul, this is uh, Michael the Nerd from Chicago. And I, uh, this is calling a response. Can you, you pause? Guys ask- okay, so Michael the Nerd, if people don't remember, he's the one that was giving us all the help about Morbius, yes, right? I believe he so. Was our Mor- he was our Morbius expert? Yes, I believe that that he is. He was the, the Morgan of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, well, now people don't even know about Morgan yet. Oh, has that not come no. out? Oh. oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, we haven't even touched Morgan yet. Get fucking ready. I right, here we go. Listen to okay, the rest of the Nerd. Ahead. And I, uh, this is a call and response to you guys asking about TV shows. 
I believe the TV show you're talking about with Matthew Perry, where uh, there's a light that shows both good and bad, and you can go to heaven or hell. It's called Second Chance, which ran for one season, first year of Fox, and halfway through got renamed Boys Will Be Boys, yep, and the supernatural right. part was dropped. And the TV show that Jason was talking about, where a gang goes and helps the police, I believe it's called The Renegades, which was that is on right. for, what? I think, one year back in like that 1993. Is right. and wow. I'm looking at Swayze. a picture. All right. Thanks, wow. guys. Wow. Wait a second. That's Patrick Swayze? Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait Whoa. a minute. Oh, my God. Okay, so this works so well because doesn't Patrick Swayze kind of look like a Michael Perry type? Yes, you're totally right. Like, I'm looking at this now. This Renegades poster is amazing. This show, I was obsessed with this show. They had like a they had like a cool hangout. I gotta find this. Oh yeah. I gotta find well, this. this is, so if yeah. anybody has a way for me to watch this, oh, here we go. Wait, what is happening? We're gonna, Are we watching it right gonna, now? Let's we have it. Yes! Whoa! <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I remember all of this. Wow. This is great. Just people walking like a Michael Jackson video. Patrick Swayze is putting on his punching gloves. I mean, gloves. that could be Michael Perry. Oh, Patrick Swayze as Bandit. Wow. Holy shit. Bandit. This guy's just punching it. a punching bag. Randy, Randy Brooks. Randy Brooks as Eagle. Wow. Holy fuck. Paul, Paul Mones as JT. Wow. Tracy Scoggins as Tracy. <laughs> wow. This is an oh, amazing open. Wait, who's the who's this guy's the looks of the operation? He's the face man. Robert Thaler. As dancer. dancer. Oh, dancer. I remember that character. Holy shit. Brian Tachi as Dragon. Wow. Oh wow. Fausto Barra as Gaucho. This is This show. Give me this show immediately. I love this. Wow, our audience is great. Can you pause for a second? I just want people to know there's still a minute left in this theme song. And this song. theme song is and just every, people looking cool. It's like it's like every character's been introduced. There's nothing to this. Man, oh man. <laughs> That's like when we, we, we didn't put it in the show, but we aired the trailer to Booker, which is a spinoff of 21 Jump Street at uh, one of our shows. And uh, 20, it was, I think it was, uh, my gosh, the Richard Grieco movie. And that was like a minute and a half long theme song that was like, wow, it's still oh, the initial going. Mag- yeah, the initial Magnum P.I. theme song is over two minutes long, I believe, and is absolutely stone cold crazy. Well, okay, now you see, we found it right away. We found both of these things right away, but uh, some other people thought that- That was incredible. That was amazing. You just fully blew my mind. Oh, I'm going to show um, you what other what another- Pat- And it, that it was Patrick Swayze is even huge. crazier to me. I was just assuming it's, obviously it's not Michael Perry because I never found it, but I was like, it's got to be some Michael Perry, you know, lookalike. But instead it's even better. It's Swayze. All right. What's this? This is what other people thought you were referencing. I'm not going to even oh. tell you what this is. A show called Powerhouse. Check it out. Powerhouse, you 
Wow. Oh, wow. Hi there, this is Brenda Gaines. Hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? Don't move an inch. The Powerhouse <laughs> Gang will be right back. Okay, so we just watched okay. a minute-long open, an animated open. That was incredible, like, on a theme song and animation level. That, to me, felt like original Sesame Street. Yes. Or Electric, electric, or electric Company. company. Yeah. And this is a PBS um, show with live actors. It is. Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like a kid. This is a children's show. Right. And so that's why I think that people thought that maybe uh, Powerhouse. I get it. You're, because because I said kids solving mysteries right. and this is that. This is like this is the kind of PBS show that like Ben Affleck when he was a kid yes. was on the PBS, the Boston PBS show um, about the boat. What was that called? Uh, I can't remember. I believe you're talking about The Voyage of the Mimi. Whoa. Thank you. Watch that one in elementary school. Thank you. Voyage of the Mimi was a local PBS, WGBH, um, which is our. That's it's that it's one of their shows. So it was shot in Boston, obviously. Wow, this um, is tiny Ben Affleck on it. I mean, this is a this is a wild. I mean, Scott, will you look up the theme to Whiz Kids? Oh, Whiz Kids! I Did love... you watch Whiz? Oh yes, I remember Whiz Kids. I was okay. I was gonna say if you want to see the theme to the Ben Affleck show, here we got this. Too. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Voyage see. of the yeah. Mimi. Yes, uh, this one I know. Uh, this... this and Zoom. Oh Zoom, I, I remember. Yeah. That's another WGBH show. Mm-hmm. The Voyage of the Mimi. Jerry O'Connell was in one of these PBS shows, too. Oh, really? Episode oh. one, All <laughs> Aboard. No theme song, nothing. Just some instrumental music, and then it starts. Wow. That's it. <laughs> A kid being let off at a dock. Sir, could you please show me where the Mimi is docked? Yeah, right on down the dock down there, son. Amazing. Okay. By the way, this looks like it was shot like like my home videos. Like, this is like my... Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you think you and I could get Ben Affleck to do an episode Watch Along With Us podcast about Voyage of the Mimi? Here's the thing. Ben Affleck came <laughs> to one of our How Did This Get Made shows. He did? Yeah, you don't remember that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I, yes, 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 yes. At Largo. Yes, uh, yes I do remember and, that. And I felt like, and I am a fan, I felt like he was looking at us going, you guys have talked shit on me in the in this show. <laughs> like, I also felt like he had no idea what he was coming to see. No Like way. he was not, in other words, no, he wasn't coming as a fan. No, I felt you know like I mean? he was brought. I think he came I think with someone. He did come with somebody, and I think it was maybe a date situation. This is years ago. Maybe a date. I don't know. Maybe just like, hey, I'm going to come see this comedy show. And... And and then watched us dissect a movie that he probably had not seen. He was nice. He was very nice. Came backstage very oh, nice. Oh, no, totally. I remember him being very but nice I and felt brief. Like, it was like a brief yes, interaction. But he came out and, like. and drank with us uh, or, or, or hung Wait, out in the bar. I don't think I was there. Was I, I think there you were, that? but it was also like, oh, okay. I also felt like we weren't trying to get in his space. Like we were like, you oh, do oh, your okay, thing. Yeah, and he was like, he was within our arm's reach, but we weren't like... You know, I think that was the right way to handle it. But uh, again, I would love like the offers out there. And the challenge is up, guys. If if you can get a more famous date to a live How Did This Get Made show, we'll pay for your ticket. By the way, why not? Why not just try to we will bring a celebrity yes. date on a bring a celebrity on first date to How Did This Get Made. We'll pay for your and ticket. And we will uh, also arrange for your wedding if it works out.
we okay yeah. if it works okay. out if it works yeah. out and if you get divorced within 10 years we get our money back and that's it's a very yeah it's it. a very big you know but we're, we don't want you we don't want to be taken oh, for you, suckers you know what I, you, no no not at all because we're, we're don't fucking try and play no, us here. don't try to play us. this is this is real we want it we want we're into love we've talked about this multiple times in the show and we're not we don't want your bullshit prop uh, proposals and nonsense during our shows yes but if you bring a celebrity, an anor- a celebrity bigger than Ben Affleck, and you end up getting married, we will pay for the wedding. And I am, I look, happy to do it. Now, Jason, we are talking about a lot of stuff. I know that we can't, we're in this weird zone where we're not supposed to plug our own stuff. But I do think, obviously, these are all fine. <laughs> what we're talking I, about. I was just going to say, these are lost to time shows. Because it's so funny, I was just about to say... That we had talked some weeks back about Sledgehammer. Oh yes, um, the David Rashi I love show, that Sledgehammer, show. and I found like I don't know six hours of it on a YouTube. I used somewhere. to have it on a laser disc. Oh, amazing! Uh, yes, I had my Sledgehammer. Are you so heartbroken? I'm sad you don't have your laser disc collection. You know, as a person, yes. who compulsively collects things, it breaks my heart. I made a couple of choices in my life, and a lot of that was due to the size of the apartments that I lived in. Of course, that uh, that got rid of a lot of physical media that I truly, truly loved. I kept a handful of it, uh, but man. Those laser discs, I uh, you know I, I know. you know I, phew, boy, I mean I would never pop one in, but it would just be nice to have the machine. When I went over to Quentin Tarantino's house, not to brag, uh, for Unspooled, um, <laughs> what I found so amazing about his house uh, was just the the um, the amount of uh, physical media players, and we had a oh, very yeah. long conversation about the right type of VCR to buy. Um, and it was really interesting. Uh, And I just, I appreciated that. I appreciated that like his house was just loaded with so many interesting things, but it was all to watch and see. And, you know, it's like, and I just to be able to watch the stuff he wants to and not be at the, and not to be at the, uh, discretion of whoever picks these things up or, or gets rid of them. And whoever owns the license on that thing, whoever, you know, whether they're going to make it available or not, or whether they're going to make it available in a format that works for you or that is as high, you know, quality as what you want. Well, this is why I want to talk about one thing here. And again, we're going to be a little flexible on these strike rules. And I'll say this, so excited, so happy that Moonlighting is coming out to stream. Finally, Moonlighting. I cannot wait. I've been watching it in like in a TV rip that someone made available to me so that because they heard me talking on the podcast about wanting to watch it and was like here you go it's it's here so and i've been watching it but it's tough to watch because it's a really very shitty copy so i'm beyond excited well uh i will go one step further again i think this is falls under the strike rules okay i for the first time ever saw the talking head stop making sense uh oh jonathan demi movie yes Yep. And holy shit, what yeah. an experience that was. It was absolutely amazing. People were dancing in the theater. The The talking oh, cool. heads were there. But I will say that the 4K remastering of that really just amps 
everything up. And and that, and that sure. to me is like... Especially for theatrical. Yes. That must have been gorgeous. And that's why I'm excited about this moonlighting. And, you know, maybe if the strike is over, we should have like a... Maybe we should do like a moonlighting, uh, one of these minis. A last look. A uh, last look. Just for, about moonlighting? Where we just Absolutely. sit and we, we watched one and we could we could chat about it. I, I'd be oh, yeah. very excited. Could, oh, I would love to talk. I, I, and, oh, and or... Uh, well, no, actually, I'm... I, well, I, no. After the strike, we'll talk about it. All right, it. great. I, I don't want to be so positively driving people to something that we should uh-huh. not. 100%. And I saying. think we, we did it with respect. We didn't say where it's streaming, yeah. but it's we, we it's not even out yet. So you can't even watch it. We're talking about yeah, exactly. we're talking about the idea that it will eventually be coming. And when you hear this, the strikes may be over anyway. So we don't we'll know. See. We're in a vacuum. Um, but Jason, this is great. We found I, I, I now want to kind of continue to to. Uh, and wait, yeah. do you remember? Oh, yes. the The person mentioned your show. Yes. The show that I, uh, the Matthew Perry I, show. Went, I don't know what that I is. I went and found it. We did a, a little Twitch stream about it where we watched his oh, cool. uh, Heaven and Hell. The, yeah, we found all that. Um, and it was really, it was great. It was very profound. You could oh, watch neat. these episodes. Oh, you know what I should do for you, though? You're going to first think, oh, I think I know what this is, but I don't think you do. This is a show that I stumbled across and I've now been obsessed with. And uh, here we go. Mr. Dennis Escorts, wherever you want to go, we want to go with you. Okay, so that little thing that you just heard there Holy shit. was a Ted Knight sitcom called The Ted Knight Show, where he is the head of an escort service. Yes, right? Yes. That seems to be what it is. It is a show where he is... Uh, he's running a, a sex worker ring. I mean, and he himself is also yeah, a I sex was just going to say, he also seems to be available yes. to hire to attend the opera or whatever. The premise of the show is like he is an uptight guy and his brother... Oh, he like, he's like a Felix Unger? Yes, and his brother dies and his brother's like, you have to now take over my my sex oh, wow. my sex workers. Uh, and, and, uh, and not only does he take over running it, but seems to have to also be a sex worker. This this is an era where everybody see in pop culture there was a real um there was a real there's a group of um I guess reluctant pimp yes, narratives. Yes. Risky business, Dr. Detroit. This apparently like reluctant pimp was a style of movie or TV show that somehow seemed viable. It's fucked up and crazy. And here we go. It was written yeah, by go. Lowell Gantz, who yeah, did Lowell Gantz, Night it. Shift, Splash, Spies Like yep. Us, Gung Ho, Vibes, Parenthood, City Slickers, Mr. Saturday Night, A League of Their Own. Uh, oh, yeah. Lowell Gantz and yes. Babalu Mandel wrote everything in this. Era. And this is wild. That it was, ju- and they did. <laughs> and it's so funny, like, it's so aping the Mary Tyler Moore theme song as well. Yes. In a way, because this is between Mary Tyler Moore and, um, what's it called? Um, that we talked about, but too yes. close for comfort. Well, okay. This is, this show is in between those. May, yeah, may I read you episode five, sweet 16? When a mature looking young woman named Victoria Diamond approaches the Mr. Dennis escort service, oh, no. seeking an escort to a party, Roger thinks oh, no. that he'll be escorting her will be a good chance for Winston to prove he can make it in the escort service business. But Victoria insists that Roger escort her. And when Roger arrives with her at the party, he discovers that she is only 16 years old and that this is a sweet 16 party and that she is using him to make her boyfriend Cliff jealous. He is immediately arrested. 
immediately arrested and has to spend the rest of the remaining episodes going door to door and telling people that he lives in their neighborhood. This is fucking crazy. And in episode two, Grizella signs a 30-year contract to work for his sleazy competitor. Of and... course, this, this this is documenting the most predatory world. I mean, this is a sitcom about human trafficking, essentially. Oh, my God. I love this it. This is like if you were like, I'm pitching a TV adaptation of Sound of Freedom, and it's a sitcom. And uh, and this is a- Caviezel's in. Oh, my God. I could watch this shit for All I want to do sometimes is just be like- I wish there was, yeah, a streaming service or a YouTube channel, and there probably is, that just did this stuff. That just- Put up pilots and themes that that are lost to time. Yeah, it's like oh, you know, not the ones, not the ones we know. Eight episodes of a show. Like I don't under, I never understand why we can't embrace failure like that. It's like it, like not failure, but it's like that's the more interesting oh, no, thing. Failure. Yeah, it's like this, this did not work. That's, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the uh, people are still so, Americans, especially, are so unwilling to participate in the narrative that from failure comes growth. You know, it needs to be just like victory at all costs. Yeah. You know, it's like we're it's like we're protagonists in a Fast and Furious. Nobody loses a fight. Well, and and I think that I feel like there was this time. It's interesting because like the eighties, there's this moment where I feel like no one was minding the mint. It was sort of like, yeah, in this show, it's just a show about a um a sheriff, but yeah, she's a woman. People are like, good, let's do it. let's go. We got it. It's That's it. it. We got that, it. Like, it's enough. That's enough. It's enough for us. And that, like, the one I was talking to Molly about was like, uh, he's the mayor, but black. Good. On the air. Let's go. It's like these, they were very like, oh yeah, ba- basic, basic. And I, oh, super, super. And because again, and you sometimes forget they were called, they are situational comedies. Yes. That's it. The situation is the comedy, and that's what it's supposed to be. That's it. And by the way, she's the sheriff. That show I ref- referenced was Suzanne Summers. Sure, a popular show, a show that did actually work. And I think it just goes to show you there's so much energy and and uh, deliberation over are these characters interesting. It's like just put them somewhere, and no one's gonna ultimately care. Like if the characters just are say, okay, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you you get past this, you get past the premise, and you're in. And it's just like just go. Like you know, it's like. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, man, I can't wait till the union calls you to be like, you're in trouble, Paul. We heard you talking about she's the sheriff. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the best. This is a great day. Um, Jason. Oh, this is, Paul, this is a great, a great day. day. We did it. Couldn't have been better said. Um, um, before we yeah. go, can I throw out a couple of plugs Please. just because why yes. not? Because here's the thing. In this period of uh, not plugging content that we're involved in or that is part of any of the struck companies i'd like to just throw some love to some people that might benefit from you spending your money or putting your attention elsewhere for example uh maria bamford's new book sure i'll join your cult is fantastic especially as an audiobook oh i gotta get that okay that's holy cow dynamite stuff Okay, and then another podcast that can uh, I talk about that a book too? I just, that I, like that if we're talking about books, oh yeah, please um, go ahead. I'm reading the Andre Agassi book while I'm listening to it. Oh yeah, it's awesome, but uh, oh, cool. it's like wow, blowing my mind. But I just read Reggie's book, uh, Reggie Watts's new book. Watts, oh and cool, and it's a great book. It's just I uh, I didn't know he had. Oh a book. yeah, it's it's called uh, Great Falls, Montana, uh, Great Falls, MT. 
and it's great. it's great. It's just about him growing up. It's it's Reggie. It's Reggie. It's great. It's really really That's fun. That's awesome. Ooh, cool. Okay, great. I will also throw in another book slash podcast recommendation, which is the absolutely phenomenal comedian Joe Firestone has oh, put yeah. out a book called Murder on Sex Island what? that she has also released as a podcast where she just essentially similar to an audiobook reads each episode of the podcast is another two or three chapters of the book um the, so the podcast is up um but and this is a Lula Van Horn mystery right the- it's a Lula Van Horn mystery about about a um a woman who puts on a wig to become a detective uh and goes to a Love Island, Sex Island type reality show to solve a murder. It's maybe one of the most bananas and hilarious. I was crying, laughing, listening to it the other night doing a jigsaw puzzle. It is so, so funny um, listening to it. Uh, I, I also bought the book. Great. Uh, it's, I think, uh, forgive me, uh, Joe Firestone, if I'm misrepresenting no, this. No, it's murder. I think on... she might be self-publishing it. It looks like it. It I, looks I think, like it's or, self-published. Or, or... Um... So support Joe Firestone. Support this book, Murder on Sex Island. It's available as a podcast, but also as a Yes, it's sold by Amazon. for. Uh, you can order it on a Kindle for $2.99. You can get the paperback right. for $15.99. Uh, and if you haven't oh, watched Book Baby, Joe actually, Fire- Book Baby is yep. publishing it. So yeah, okay. so yeah. oh great. If you haven't watched Joe Firestone's special that she released during the pandemic, where she features all of the older adults who she's been teaching in a stand-up comedy workshop, and it features them doing comedy, boy, that I don't know where it is, but it's out there. Track it down. It's phenomenal. I will also throw in a plug. For a podcast that St. Clair and I did that I think you've also oh, yes, done too, too, which is Amy Poehler's podcast. Yes, uh, say more, um, question doc- mark. Thank you. Uh, with Dr. Sheila. Or sorry, say more with Dr. question mark Sheila. Yes, that's it. Uh, um, yeah. it's, bra- it's a brand new podcast. It's up now. Uh, it's well worth digging in on. It's got great uh, people on it. Very funny. Basically, like what the premise is, it's, if you like shows like I like with like these uh, couples therapy and stuff like that, it is uh, basically... Uh, Amy doing a character like this uh, relationship counselor. People come. You guys are so funny. You and Sinclair are so funny. And uh, and June and I did one that was uh, I thought was really fun. I haven't listened to that. Oh, yet. it's fun. Is, I, it out, is it out uh, already? Yes, it came out. Yeah, last great. week. Great. Oh, go, oh, good. Yes. Okay, great. Um, all right. Uh, great talking. Can yes, I? Please. Can I? Can I, just because you mentioned Dr. Sheila man, reminded me that someone had. Maybe it was Avril or somebody from the fans had recommended the movie Last of Sheila when I Me. was. Uh, it was you. I, oh, okay. It was yes. You. Did you watch it? Okay, great. Phenomenal. Right? Phenomenal. Wow. Loved it. So Loved all of fun. it. Thought it was fantastic. Yes. Um, I'll also give a shout out to the new Mary Latimer album is just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And um, if you can find, I don't know. Well, can we find out if and take them out if I shouldn't promote these two things? Mm-hmm. Go for it. But there is a four episode documentary about the making of RoboCop Whoa. called RoboDoc that is like six hours of the making of Whoa, RoboCop. I, it's incredible. I I am so down and uh, and by the way, I'm working with somebody who has been in RoboCop and uh, yeah, every day we get to talk. Uh, Paul McCrane. Ooh, what is it? Uh, Paul McCrane who. Uh, Paul McCrane was also on ER. Great uh, character oh, actor. I yeah. know who it is. Uh, and yeah. uh, you know, I have not asked him about RoboCop, and I should. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, what do you? What's the well, job? Well, we are working on this charity event that uh, I think oh, has cool. already passed at this point. 
Wonderful. All right, Jason. Thanks, we'll everybody. See you next time. Bye for now. Yeah. Now that we got the Pope's Exorcist out of the way, let's talk about our next movie. Next week, we will be riding our Lambretta scooters all the way from the Vatican to New York City. That's right. We are watching the 2021 action thriller, New York Ninja. Now, let me just correct that. New York Ninja was actually shot in 1984, but wasn't edited or released until 2021 when its footage was discovered by the home video distributor Vinegar Syndrome. The movie's plot revolves around a sound technician for a news station who becomes a vigilante ninja in New York City. Don't make me say it again. The reason why? His pregnant wife is murdered. Anyway, Rotten Tomatoes gives this film a 96% score on the tomato meter. Lee Jutton of Film Inquiry writes, This is a must-see for anyone who loves outrageous old action flicks and who appreciates the labor of love that is film preservation. Now, let's listen to the trailer for New York Ninja. Abductions of young women are still being reported. Another woman with mysterious radiation burns has been discovered. We're going to have a baby. Oh, my God. I can't believe that John's wife was murdered. There's something weighing us down. It's that damn ninja. New York ninja's a real hero. People, I love this one. It was so damn good. Avril Halley just picking winners every single time. People, that is it for our episode. Remember to rate and review the show. It helps. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. Visit us on social media, hdtgm.com. And a big thank you to our producers, Scott, Sonny, Molly Reynolds, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineers, Casey Holford and Rich Garcia, and Jess Cisneros, who makes our amazing social media videos. We will see you next week for New York Ninja! Let's go,